is 520 and this is the KDLL Evening News for Thursday, February 15th on 91.9 FM Kenai Soldatna. Listener-supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up, Representative Sarah Vance apologizes for her comments in a Tribal Affairs Committee. But first... The U.S. Department of Energy announced last week that two marine projects will receive a combined $6 million to develop a tidal energy pilot site. The announcement marks the first of five phases in a $35 million investment from the 2021 Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. As KDLL's Hunter Morrison reports, the funds could help deploy a tidal device for testing in Cook Inlet later this year. Ocean Renewable Power Company, a Maine-based marine energy organization, has developed an underwater turbine tidal device called the TideGen Power System. Similar in shape to an old-fashioned push lawnmower, a single moving piece on the device generates energy from the ebbs and flows of the tides. The device floats underwater, affixed to the ocean floor via two cables. The company tested one of these tidal devices in Maine's Copscook Bay last summer. A similar tidal device could be deployed for demonstration and research purposes in Cook Inlet, off the coast of Nikiski, as early as this summer. Nathan Johnson is the vice president of development at Ocean Renewable Power Company. He says Cook Inlet is the country's largest tidal energy resource. In tidal energy, you can, once you understand the site, once you understand the technology, you can predict the amount of energy that can be produced with a very high level of confidence for 100 years into the future. Johnson says the company has already conducted studies on the feasibility of the site, which is located near the East Fordland Lighthouse Reserve. He says existing infrastructure for oil and gas operations in Nikiski can help advance marine projects in Cook Inlet. The company has also studied the potential environmental impacts of these tidal devices. Johnson says they've conducted fish monitoring on Alaska's Quijack River on the Alaska Peninsula, where similar devices have been deployed. According to Ocean Renewable Power Company's website, more than 100 million sockeye salmon smolts and 10 million sockeye salmon adults have passed by their turbines with no observed injuries or mortalities. Johnson says the turbines also spin at a slow rate with no open tip, and that salmon typically avoid the area underwater where the tidal devices would be placed. The company is also looking into the amount of noise the tidal devices produce. Johnson says the noise level is below the ambient noise level underwater and is inaudible to most marine mammals. doesn't mean there's, there's no risk, but, um, but we've been able to really try to quantify that risk and indicate that it's extremely low. According to the Department of Energy, the potential tidal devices in Cook Inlets are expected to produce up to 5 megawatts of power, which could power up to an estimated 1,200 homes. Tim Ramsey is the program manager for the department's green energy program. He says the energy industry is ready for a large-scale showcase of its tidal technologies. Marine energy, we have found, is is really harmonious with the local environment. It can be deployed at a local level on a small scale. Um, It can be deployed right there where the energy is, is needed. If implemented on a larger scale, 
Ramsey says tidal devices in Cook Inlet could provide opportunities for job growth. He says between the state's wave and tidal energy potential, Alaska has the capacity to generate 27% of the electricity the country needs. Again, Nathan Johnson. In the state of Alaska, where uh, the energy dynamics are changing, to look at how energy-rich Cook Inlet is and um, how there's existing infrastructure in place, um, I think the importance is that it provides uh, a much more resilient grid into the future. According to the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, Cook Inlet is estimated to hold as much as 18 gigawatts of tidal energy potential. This is more than 20 times the amount of energy used by all road-connected communities in Alaska. There's always been buzz in Alaska about the tidal energy potential in Cook Inlet, um, but to see it so close and within the grasp I think is exciting for people, and, 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 uh, and we certainly feel that sentiment as well. The first phase in the Department of Energy's investment will be a 10-month feasibility study at the Cook Inlet site, along with another tidal project site in Washington State. The department will then decide which project to move forward with. In Kenai, I'm Hunter Morrison. Representative Sarah Vance of Homer apologized on the House floor Monday for comments she made in a House Tribal Affairs Committee meeting last week. Committee members heard testimony from people working in organizations serving Alaska Native people on the disparities in assault rates and violence against Indigenous women which is several times higher than the general population. At the end of the meeting, Vance said she felt the presentation excluded the experiences of white women who are victims of sexual violence. It's the same thing. But what I continue to hear in this committee over and over again is if you're the only one. And I know that's not your heart, but I ask that when you come and present, that you remember that you have white sisters who are going through the same thing, and they don't feel they have justice either. In response, Representative Ashley Carrick of Fairbanks, who's also a committee member, highlighted the reason for focusing on challenges for Indigenous women. While the suffering is the same for victims, the causes of that violence are not the same, and the response to that violence is not the same, and the justice for the victims is not the same. And until it's the same, we have got a lot of work to do. On Monday, the Alaska House Coalition called for Vance to apologize. In a press release from the coalition, Representative Maxine Dybert, who is Khoikhan Athabaskan from Fairbanks, said, quote, As the only Alaska Native woman in the legislature, knowing my Native sisters are disproportionately affected by these high rates of violence within Alaska and other states cuts me to my core, end quote. Vance apologized on the House floor that same day, nearly a week after her initial comments. She addressed the committee chair and guests directly before expanding her focus. But to every victim and every Alaska Native voice, you have been heard and you will can be, continue to be heard in this body. And I ask you to forgive me for not listening with understanding first. Vance has sponsored four bills related to human and sex trafficking this legislative session. And finally, a statewide backlog of food stamps is hitting food-insecure Alaskans hard. On the Kenai Peninsula, that backlog, along with inflation and supply chain issues, has resulted in heavier demands on the local food bank. 
Tomorrow on Econ 919, we're looking at how the SNAP backlog is affecting locals. Tune in at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. here on KDLL. And that's all for tonight's KDLL Evening News. We had help from KDLL's own Hunter Morrison and Jamie Deep in Homer. You can find us online at kdll.org. I'm Riley Ward. Thanks for tuning in. Thank